Today I discovered I like the smell of wet concrete more than the smell of dust. I think that might be a semi-universal opinion. I agree. But you hold it. Yes. No hipsters here would rather Uh have concrete. My name is Heidi. I almost have bangs. And I'm Rory. And I almost don't have bangs. We're pretty obsessed with books and movies and music, and every episode we talk about ones that we enjoy. Be warned, there are spoilers ahead. I was on Facebook. (gasps) (laughs) It's not Twitter. (laughs) Um, here's, Here's a thing. This could be an Inklings fan podcast, and the reason it's not is because we also like other things. Yeah. That being said, we're talking about another Inklings book. Yes. Perhaps, if if not the greatest, arguably the greatest, like, if not certainly, then arguably the yeah. greatest novel C.S. Lewis ever wrote, yeah. Till We Have Faces. Oh <sighs> my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I love this book so much. I cannot, I cannot with how much. It's excellent. It's so good. We're going to be talking about it kind of on two levels, and I want to preface this just because I suspect that some of my other Inklings friends Mm -hmm. will will listen to this episode a little bit more aggressively. Okay. (laughs) Um, We're going to look at this on two levels, both the grand epic sweeping stuff that it does, and also like what is actually written in the book, which is a whole lot of petty. Very petty. It's excellent. I love it. First off, you just want some good old petty. Oh my gosh. Okay. So, what is this book about? Would you like to sum it up in two sentences or less? Me summing it up? Okay, great. I'll sum it up. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, excuse me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, for this book particularly, I mean, (laughs) (laughs) personally victimized by me making you do (laughs) it. Raise your hand if you've ever felt personally victimized by Heidi Turner. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Rory physically raised her hand for this audio podcast. <laughs> you said raise your hand. Till We Have Faces is the retelling of the myth of Cupid and Psyche from Greek mythology uh, by C.S. Lewis. It is set in more of like the Celtic lands. It's unclear. But basically, it is told from the perspective of one of the two older sisters of Psyche. So it is her story of of that myth and how it unfolds. The full title is Till We Have Faces, A Myth Retold. Nobody uses the subtitle. No. Um, this is one when of the f- does anybody use the subtitle? Never. <laughs> exactly. They're always so unhelpful. <laughs> um, I think this is the only Lewis book where the preface is basically just like, this is the myth of Cupid and Psyche in case you don't know it, dum-dums. Mm-hmm. Like normally he has like all this background stuff right. and like, no, no. No. <laughs> all right, dum-dums. This is how it goes. Okay, dummies. I've wanted to rewrite this my entire life. Yeah. And the central, as he puts it, the central change that he made is in the myth when Psyche's older sisters go to see her after she's wed the god, Mm -hmm. um, they see her palace and get jealous Mm -hmm. because because of what she has. And in Lewis's version, and what he argued to the death was the, quote, real version and that Ovid got it wrong. I love him. I love him so much. Like, oh. myths are real. Like, we all know this myth yeah. is true somehow. Yeah. And he just messed up. The house should have been invisible. Right. The older sisters shouldn't have seen it at all. Uh-huh. 
And so it's this great story about the older sister, like not seeing Psyche's palace and not seeing Cupid and then having to deal with that. And after many trials and tribulations, it ends the same way as the myth. It is like a page and a half long, just Google myth of Cupid and Psyche and like a very quick telling will appear for you. I'll give you hmm, a little pause here. Pause this podcast. Make sure you're familiar with the myth. Then we will not have to spoilers ahead every 20 seconds. And Okay, <laughs> you are done pausing the you're podcast. <laughs> and to make it very clear, we pronounce it Orwell here. Yeah. Um, there is no consensus on the yes. main character's name. To be clear, it is spelled O-R-U-A-L. Mm-hmm. Here's a fun fact. Hmm. I spoke to Andrew Lazo. Hi, Andrew. I'm, assu- I'm going to make him listen to this episode. Yeah, sure. I don't care. Um. He is like the Till We Have Faces guy, so mm-hmm. you, I'm quite nervous making this episode. Got it. So his theory is that Orwell is Lauro backwards for Laurel because that was like what you would crown royalty with and she right. becomes the queen, which is all lovely. And like C.S. Lewis is so good at pun names. Yeah. What he's bad at is names you can say out loud without gagging. Yeah. <laughs> Orwell. <laughs> <laughs> so we pronounce it Orwell, well. which morphs to Orwell as soon as you say it more than twice. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then there's Redival. Bardia. Arnhem and Argon, who are two different people. (laughs) Just like the Sauron and Sauron. Yeah, it's, I mean, it it is the same problem over again. I just realized we did do two Inklings books in a row, but it was the Lord of the Rings until we have faces. Yeah. They're the very best. Exactly. Like, we haven't done that many C.S. Lewis books. Yeah. Like, we did Screwtape Letters and we did a couple Narnias, which everybody knows we do a Narnia when we're like, we don't have time to read a full book, but we do have time to record this podcast so we can read something short and fast. Exactly. Do you have a quote you'd like to start off with quoting? Oh. (laughs) I mean, there's so many. Yeah. Oh. These pages are really hard to flip through (laughs) because they're like jagged ends. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I'm trying. Um. I've highlighted a lot of the insults because they're just excellent and they're petty. so petty. Like the jealous older sister, since she's narrating this, uh-huh. you you don't get a sense of how petty it is. I think this is my opinion. Mm-hmm. You don't quite get a sense of how petty this book is unless you've texted a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but if you text it a lot, you yeah. know what this is saying. <laughs> and it's like, oh boy. Oh dear. Oh, this is one. You, he shouted, you, you raise your voice among the councils of men, you troll, you queen, you mandrake root. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) that's so good. Uh, Calling anybody a mandrake root is um, up there on my bucket list. I have just a ton of different things highlighted. Yeah. So for lots of reasons, (laughs) like I've highlighted this book for different reasons. Mm hmm. Um. Oh, this hurt. Though the words you look just like our father and from her had hurt me with a wound that sometimes aches still, I let my anger go. I let go my anger and yielded. And she's writing mm-hmm. this in her old age, and this happened when she was like in her 20s. Yeah. <laughs> you look just like our father. Yikes, because their dad Ugh. is the worst. Like, you've got the all the good worst. tropes. <laughs> Drunken, angry king whose solution is the same as Sherlock's. Yeah. What do you do when you don't like something? You stab it. You stab. 
Step, step, step. Step, step. Oh, this is one. Have you forgotten what we say to ourselves every morning? Today I, sh- I shall meet cruel men, cowards and liars, the envious and the drunken. They will be like that because they do not know which, what is good from what is bad. This is an evil which has fallen upon, upon them, not upon me. They are to be pitied. Not, and then blank. <laughs> because she gets cut off. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, boy. Don't you think the things people are most ashamed of are the things they can't help? I thought of my ugliness and said nothing. Ooh. Hmm. There's a lot of, oh boy, in this novel. <laughs> oh. Yeah, no, this novel really made me just go, yeah, okay. I shall pity them and not be angered by them. Yeah. They are They are who, um, the evil has fallen upon them, not me. But also, would you like to be Redival? What? No? Then she's piti- pitiable. Yeah, that, I was going <laughs> to find that quote. No? Huh? <laughs> yeah. Excuse me? Oh, I love and that she's Psyche's pitiable. not that smart. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, especially when you get to the palace, there's a lot of variants, like, clever ways of saying, I don't understand. Yeah. Like, she's not smart. She's good. Yeah. Like, she's not clever. She's not stupid. But, like, no. I love that she's just a pure good person but that doesn't make her an ingenue like the thing where the reason she got to nurse the fox is because she bodily attacked the guards that tried to keep her away like yeah bit them yeah (laughs) like it worked like all right yeah okay the fox is there is their greek tutor who is just so cute and many wisdoms and (gasps) obscure i should have brought in okay i have a quote book I'm so stupid because I didn't bring it because I've written down all of the quotes that I've highlighted from this book, like oh, the wow. meaningful ones. So I'm like, I'm up there on the dum-dum today, but like, I really should have brought it. <laughs> I mean, I am also up there on the dum-dum in that like, I have no way of knowing which highlights I did for what reason. Yeah. So a lot of them, I'm just like, I'm like, uh, ooh, a highlight. Yeah. Because we, we, we hold our books physically in front of us when we do this podcast. And so I'll be flipping through and I'm like, oh, a highlight. And I'm like, that is a very not quotable yeah. quote that I needed like for yeah. some, like a note that I right. needed for something else. This is one of the greatest like power lines. One of Lewis's uh, stab stab. Mm-hmm. This is kind of long. Okay. But is it true? He made it to be as if from the beginning, I had known that Psyche's lover was a God. And as if all my doubtings, fears, guessings, debatings, questionings of Bardia, questionings of the fox, all the rummage and business of it had been trumped up foolery, dust blown in my own eyes by myself. You who read my book, judge, was it so? Or at least, had it been so in the very past before this God changed the past? And if they can change the past, why do they never do so in mercy? The thunder had ceased, I think, the moment the still light came. There was a great silence when the god spoke to me. And as there was no anger, what men call anger, in his face, so there was none in his voice. It was unmoved and sweet, like a bird singing on the branch above a hanged man. Yeah, okay. That was Pig Orwell. (laughs) You're just like, oops. (laughs) Oops. There was now, for me, a kind of sweetness in our misery for the first time. Mm. I just love the phrase sweetness in our misery. Oh boy. What began the change was the very writing itself. Let no one lightly set about such a work. Memory, once waked, will play the tyrant. The past which I wrote down was not the past that I thought I had all these years been remembering. 
And I'm just like, <laughs> yep. yikes. Learning something was different than what you remember it as. Yeah, when you try to write it down honestly and you're like, I did not come out of this situation looking as good as I thought I did. Yeah. I, I don't. I'm also not as um, unbiased in this situation as I had thought I was as I wrote down what happened. Also, I do want to throw out that, like, right after there's this massive, you know, confrontation with the gods or the god of the mountain, like, right after that, it turns into, like, an awkward comedy of errors for a while. And by awkward, I mean, like, if she wasn't such a serious narrator, it would be uncomfortable. But she's so serious. Like, yeah. prisoner, said he. Then Queen, good night. He darted away as if he were not weary at all, though I had heard weariness in his voice and ran as one who was used to it. But that flight was his undoing. I could have told him where the old millstone lay. He fell sprawling, made to leap up again with wonderful quickness, then gave sh- a sharp hiss of pain, struggled, cursed, and was still. Like, <laughs> her political prisoner tries to run away all sexy Robin Hood and trips on a rock. <laughs> I love it. And that's how she ends up with a prisoner. <laughs> yep. Oh, this is a mood. Sometimes I wondered who or what sends us this senseless repetition of days and nights and seasons and years. Is it not like hearing a stupid boy whistle the same tune over and over till you wonder how he can bear it itself? Yup. <laughs> <laughs> it is exactly like that. I would also like to point out that this book is kind of like the beginning of this podcast. You're right. Because this is the first book that, like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm. Ha- I need you to. I'm. Yeah. Go on. <laughs> this book is kind of like the first book that um that you recommended me that I like that I read and then went like, oh my god, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> wow. And then we had to go get tea and talk mm-hmm. about it. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're right. Yeah. This is the. This book was like. The beginning of us talking about books and movies yeah. and music and full time. <laughs> um, yeah. Whoa. Mm-hmm. It's, <laughs> it's real good. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's real good. Uh, oh, no. I mean, I do have another <laughs> quote because they're all so good, but I'm kind of blown away. <laughs> Read the quote. Okay. <laughs> Noth- nothing to do with that. Two quotes on the same page, opposite ends of the paragraph. Right. My anger protected me only for a short time. Anger wearies itself out and truth comes in. And then a love can grow to be nine-tenths hatred and still call itself love. Yep. Uh, I don't like it. It's excellent. So good. It's so good. (laughs) I don't like it. It's excellent. I don't like it. But I love, love it. it. But I do love it. Yeah. I mean, Till We Have Faces is like, it's amazing that it works on these two levels where there's this intricate, like, it is the greatest work of C.S. Lewis's life. Like, yes. no question. But you can also read it almost like a YA novel. Yeah. Like, <laughs> there's this super petty lead who has, like, family drama, and there's a lot of will they or won't they with a guy, yeah. and there's, like, three sword fights or something. They're excellent. I like, love the sword yeah, fights. There's sword fighting and there's like women butting heads about the guy that they both like. Like there's a love yeah. triangle. There's a there's two love triangles. Yeah. Because there's Psyche Orwell yes. the God and then there's, there's Orwell well, Bardia Anzit. Yeah. And it's just like everything about it works on those two levels. And that 
is probably why it like moves me every time I read it and it never gets old. Screw tape letters is like that too, where it's yeah. like, this is really intricate and theological and yeah. like deep as heck. But also, I mean, he trips on a rock. But also like <laughs> he tripped. <laughs> she wins her kingdom because her father slips on some ice and breaks his hip and the guy that is like trying to become king of an uh, opposing kingdom she makes an alliance with him because he trips on a millstone in her yard Uh, (laughs) this everything's just and then she's like i'm so unlucky yeah she's (laughs) like the gods hate hate me me. my evil abusive father slipped on some ice and now i'm the queen the gods hate me my only serious political rival is now my ally because I've somehow managed to save his life from his evil brother and marry my sister to him. The gods hate me. Uh, I've lived to a ripe old age and never lost a battle. The gods hate me. Uh, the old priest who I had a difficult relationship is dead and now I have a great relationship with the high priest. We work so well together. The gods hate me. Uh, there's just, you can just keep going. Like that. Every, for like, like so 100 long. pages. Like the whole middle of the book. <laughs> like, I'm like, mm. I mean, at Where the end, at? she like, stops with the gods hate me. Like, yeah. But kinda. also, like, there's a still, like, a little bit under, like. I mean, when I say the end, I mean page 233 yeah. at a, uh, as opposed to 234. Like, she yeah. figures it out, like, in the last five pages. Yeah, exactly. Which is my word. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, that's my kink. <laughs> not figuring it out until the last five pages i mean yeah she does not really figure out what love is until page 233 like yeah. i just checked i found the quote yeah when she really gets it and it's like yep there are two in my copy there are 234 pages in this book yeah she figures it out halfway down yeah <laughs> on 233 so like Ugh. i stan a stupid queen <laughs> <laughs> like, yep and and the, there's a lot of things that he does in other places, like callbacks to mythology and uh-huh. um, the Four Loves, which is a much easier, to, I think, a much easier book to understand, mm-hmm. but a much harder book to feel. Mm-hmm. Like, really, all four loves get hit very hard in this book: mm-hmm. friend love, family love, um, romantic love, and of course, perfect love. And mm-hmm. like, all of them get really woven in and out multiple times like yeah every single one has a like a good and a bad and it's just so good yeah and for those of you who don't know because it's so cute uh lewis's like pen pal had moved in with him and his brother um and he like married her out of convenience so that she could not lose her her visa to live in in britain with her sons anyway the three of them worked on this book together because lewis had wanted to adapt this myth all his life and had like tried to write a epic poem and a play uh-huh. and everything writing till we have faces his greatest book about love he fell in love with joy davidman while he was writing it yeah it's so excellent i mean he really she, everything about that man is just a book in itself yeah he's like so, <laughs> yeah and he was so private that it's like even his yeah. friends were like you married her and he's like we're work friends <laughs> just like you big dork you're weirdo yeah like somebody's trespassing and he's like 
about to stand in front of his wife to, you know, protect her because the trespasser's getting all angsty. And she's like, Jack, get down. She's pulled out a shotgun. (laughs) (laughs) Just like, okay. Well, she's a keeper. Yeah. I mean, also, like, you can see a lot of where Orwell comes from. Yeah. A lot of the good side of Orwell. And he had a lot of female friends. So he, like, sent the manuscript around to make sure that he was, like, talking about how women think correctly. They really helped. I mean. Oh, I'm so proud of him. Yeah. Like, the growth from Susan in Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe to Orwell Until We Have Faces. (laughs) I stand a man who can try again. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And who asks for assistance. Oh, don't you love a collaborator type? Yeah. Like, just... I am not here to be right at the beginning. I am here to be right at the end. end. Yeah, exactly. I love it. Love it so much. Like I said at the beginning, we're going to kind of talk about this on two levels. And the first level is, you know, of course, the deep spiritual, like, this is a myth about a person who marries a god. Like, this is a myth about a family that loses a daughter to the gods and has to comprehend that. Mm-hmm. This is like a one of many like redemption stories. This is also a story about some very petty sisters who are jealous of each other and have issues. And that's where we're going to go. It's also a delight to read. And it's basically a YA novel. Like at its essence, yeah. if it, if Till We Have Faces is judged not as a book by C.S. Lewis, but like, what is this book? Mm-hmm. It's very like YA, like a YA true young adult. Yeah. version of Percy Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> like that kind of like we're taking the myth and making it yeah. different. Uh but we're going to talk about the petty level first with Netflix's Dumplin. Also, it could be said that Dumplin also kind of goes into some of the deep stuff from Till We Have Faces oh, it really because does. like it's really just um it's really just Willowdean learning how to kind of be tolerant mm-hmm. of like this other f- form of person and like that th- not everybody like that is out to get you yeah like not everybody like that means like is mean mm-hmm. and yeah it's just and she learns how to kind of yeah be herself and be in herself and not kind of be mad at herself yeah blaming it on her mom really yeah i mean and there's the the mom who like her relationship with her sister is very orwell and psyche yeah like or very even redival and orwell where it's like i did not know who she was yeah like i know it's more orwell and um, redival where it's like i did i never knew yeah like i thought i did um i mean willow dean and Bo. yeah that bosif there's that huge arc that's basically I mean, like her envy, yeah, almost ruins her relationship. Like somebody wants to love her, and she doesn't want to be loved. She wants to be pitied. Yeah, and that, yeah. like, also in case you haven't seen it, is so funny. Like it's such it's a good so funny movie. Funny. It's got so many good southern insults. So many good southern insults. Mm. Like, don't look at the floor. Nothing down there but dust and pennies. Mm. <laughs> that Patrick Thomas is 10 pounds of stupid, stupid in a five pound bag. <laughs> yeah. I think we've wrecked this, the soundtrack for this. It's yes. all Dolly Parton. It's all about beauty pageants in Texas. Yeah. Which is like, which I never would have thought would be on my list of I can watch it anytime. Anytime, any place. Anytime, like, any place. Dumplin', that thing you do. Oh, 
which we started this podcast with that thing you do. Yeah. Like that was in the first episode yeah. and Dumplin has joined that movie that on our rank. like. <laughs> and we're both very, very into this movie. Yeah. I mean, I the drag queens. So uh, feel like I just gave birth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's why we can't have nice things. <laughs> So I listen to a lot of Hillsong and contemporary Christian. What do you listen to? Metal. Metal. <laughs> um, there's also like the perfect four. Like, yeah. here's a tip for young writers. If you're going to have four characters that interact a lot, put each of them in a different Hogwarts house. It just makes everything so much more complex. Yeah, it makes everything more complex without you having to do or say yeah. more. So we have Willow Dean, who's a Gryffindor, uh-huh. and her best friend, L. Thank you. L. Bell. Ellen. Her best friend, Ellen, or L. Bell, or L, who's a Ravenclaw. Uh And then we have the two other friends who, like, become best friends through the course of the movie. Hannah, who's a Slytherin. Yeah. And, uh... Millie. Millie. Millicent. I'm trying to remember her full name. Yeah, Yeah, Millicent Millicent Mitchell Chup. (laughs) And so we have those four that become kind of like a gang. Uh They're they're quadrilateral of awesome. It's very good. It's excellent. And also, Ellen makes a face that, like, I make towards any Hufflepuff doing the most Hufflepuff things yeah. in the movie. And it's just excellent that they got the, like, the, the perfect, peak, yeah. the peak when they're looking and then when the Hufflepuff is not looking anymore and they're just like, oh, my God, so pure. <laughs> it's so cute. <laughs> Somebody else witness this, please. Yeah. Or when, when they... When the boys yell at Millie while she's jogging, like, tease her about her weight. Because the mm-hmm. whole thing that makes Willow Dean upset is that she's obese. Mm-hmm. Um, and her mom is a pageant queen. There mm-hmm. you go. That's the conflict. That's, and her go. best friend has, like, a, a great body. And mm-hmm. so there's, like, this whole tension. Anyway, Millie, who is also obese, um, medically? like Yeah. Like it, no, yeah. yeah it's medically. a medical term. Obese. Yeah, we're, I'm using it medically. Um, these guys yell at Millie. And Willow Dean, eat shit. We'll pray for you. We'll pray for you. And I'm just like, oh, honey. that's the difference between Gryffindors and Hufflepuffs yeah. right there. Eat shit. We'll pray for you. Oh, uh, I think I have to confess something or I might go straight to hell. <laughs> <laughs> just the smoothness in which everything is said. Yeah, I love it so much. It's a, it's a very rewatchable movie. Yeah. It's about friendship. And it's also like... I read an article, I can't remember where, uh, I mean online, I can't remember if it was on Bustle or what, but basically it was like, it was the only teen movie that had come out recently where Mm -hmm. the central plot wasn't predicated on somebody lying. Yeah. Like, all the boys I've loved before and and other movies like that, like, somebody tells a lie or like, finds out something they weren't supposed to know, and and like, I guess if you stretched it, you could say like auntie not telling her sister that she also wanted to do the passion. That's not the main But that's like point. also such a stretch because yeah. as soon as they find out they do something about it. Yeah. And like that's also not a lie. Yeah. That's her That's just her 20 like, 30 years ago thinking yeah. I might want to do this and then not doing and it. And then being like no, I'm not. Like, yeah, I'm not yeah. going to do this. Um but nobody lies to each other in this movie. Yeah. Like it's just so Nobody. sweet. And the pure. friends the friends have like a real friend conflict. Yeah. Like the kind of thing that actually happens between yeah, friends. Yeah, and not like a fake friend conflict, which like neither of you would have done that if you were real friends. Yeah. <laughs> like or like that much history. Or you wouldn't have cared that much. Mm-hmm. And like they have a conversation before they're ready to make up. Just to, yeah. like they have that 
best friend conversation where you have the conversation where you're both still mad, but you're establishing that yeah. we're going to figure out a way through this. Yeah. Like that conversation. Yeah. I love that, that they uh, put that in. Yeah. The detail of, of her being like, feels wrong, us fighting. Mm-hmm. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. <laughs> oh, it's so cute. And just her, everybody's progress. Mm-hmm. And they end up with, like, such a good product, and you're, like, so proud of them for doing all this work and making their product good and not, like, like bad and, like, just kind of half-assed. Yeah. And, like, that people actually like it and that it's not just a, like, well, that was another one. Yeah. Or, like, when they're getting their talents approved. Yeah. They're, like, all right, approved. Like, I guess that's fine. Oh, my God. Jennifer Aniston. (laughs) Approved. Yeah. Okay. Approved. (laughs) Approved. Approved. (laughs) Sorry. I just got so excited. One with that back in 91. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) Jennifer Aniston won that beauty pageant before I was born. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, also just it's a testament that she doesn't steal any scenes she's in. Yeah. Like, that is such good acting. Yeah. to, To bring out more in every scene you're in. But also, like, it's Jennifer freaking Aniston. Yeah, it's like, come on, guys. And she doesn't ever, ever feel like she doesn't belong. Like, yeah. she never steals a scene from anyone else. She's so in it. Yeah. And, like, that really is the best thing. Um, it's so good. And there's there's times when it's appropriate for a character, or for an actor, excuse me, to always steal scenes. Yeah. But I feel like that's when a scene is unbalanced. Yeah. And Dumplin' is so, like female heavy yeah that it would be inappropriate for right. him to steal scenes and it's just like it's incredible the only person who i think does kind of steal a scene is millie's mom and i'm like okay but she but deserves come it come on <laughs> she should have it but she's so cute she's so she's good. so proud yeah. of her i love that i love, love that millie's mom oh my god okay i love that it's it wasn't like a it wasn't made into like a her mom's evil it's like a she was worried about millie and millie's told her like i can do this so what we're discussing do this (laughs) yeah what we're talking about is that millie's mom did not want to let her do the pageant and millie does it anyway and that's that's what Rory's comments about is like it's not the mom is evil or mom is controlling like the mom comes in Mm -hmm. like right when she's about to go on and she's like come on millie like let's go home and and millie's like no mom i can do this like i'm not you don't have to pity me you don't have to be afraid for me like I can handle it I'm strong and her mom's like all right yeah. <laughs> so she just you goes and lie sits out in the <laughs> yeah but you can't lie to me <laughs> yeah don't lie and I'm like I love this I mean yeah. that line made the trailer and it's one of the best lines in the movie is there's nothing in the rules that says big girls Girl. need not apply yeah and it's like there's uh. so many lines about the bylaws uh. <laughs> that it's like <laughs> Millie's read the bylaws yeah. oh She's read those bylaws since she was like eight years old. Eight years old. Yeah. <laughs> she checked when she was eight. Yeah. If big girls need not apply, they can apply. They can apply. Here they are. Yeah. yeah. It's excellent. And it's on Netflix. So like you can yeah. watch it. Steal a friend's password. It'll be fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. Really heartfelt and also really captures like the realistic pettiness that people capture. Yeah. Like that people get caught up in. I was watching it with one of my friends who's like. A very somewhat I, she'll she'll take this the right way an aggressive feminist <laughs> and she was like this feels like wrong and I'm like okay but is this how 16 year olds act 
And she's like, yeah, yeah. this is how people really do react. Yeah, it's like how people feel and how that emotion and feeling like uh, protrudes outwards and like looks outwards. And like I completely like it's completely realistic how she reacts to Bo Mm -hmm. because like and Ellen. Oh, my gosh. Their whole arc. Yeah. And like everything with that, like we all kind of we all kind of know that feeling of Mm -hmm. like this person's better than me and they know it and I know it. Why are we pretending like, Oh, he just wants to, he wants to be my, my friend so that he can talk to girls. He really likes. Yeah. Like a practice dummy. Yeah. Also that the whole movie is like so much of it is centered and interpreted through Ellen and Willow Dean's love of Dolly Parton. Like that cannot be overstated. No. It's so and it's it's so prevalent in the movie you almost forget that it's a thing. Yeah. But all the all the music is either Dolly Parton or instrumental, and basically yeah. all of it's Dolly Parton. <laughs> it's yeah. So so good and very realistic. It reminds me of an absolutely remarkable thing. Yeah. In that, like, all the characters are very likable and reacting very believably, and that means that they do things that are deeply wrong and problematic. Right. But you also like can tell that they're doing yeah. their best. <laughs> Yeah, it's not like a, this is an inherently evil person. This is like, they're trying their best. They're all trying. They're all in their teenage years. They're trying. They're doing the best with what they got. (laughs) What they got's not much. You got suspended on the first day of school, you overachiever. Suspended for indecent violence? (laughs) I have never heard of such a thing. Uh... I mean, it's great. Indecent violence, as it turns out, is kneeing someone, someone in the penis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you not expect me to use the medical term? I didn't like it. <laughs> yeah, because Sorry. he said something to Millie, and, sh- and she was like, you know what? <laughs> you crossed that, a line there, Patrick that Thomas. Thomas. <laughs> that Patrick Thomas is 10 pounds of stupid in a five-pound bag. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Hannah's comment, which is the best. Mm, good Good aim. aim. <laughs> Implying. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's just everything about that movie. All the little small comments, just all the growth, and all the like, um, like making up with people in like a the right way. It's just it's so good. It yeah. There's there's realistic making up and conflicts and forgiveness and it uh it hits that that line of like this is imminently enjoyable yeah but also is good for you um exactly and i i love a good story that's also kind yeah and it's kind dumplin is a very kind. kind movie yeah um it's nice to me yeah well and it's nice to its characters yeah like your characters have to suffer but there's a difference between like putting people through a life and letting them live as a writer or like as a storyteller, like letting someone live a full life, which includes suffering right. and making your characters suffer because you need to tell a story. Yeah. And that, uh, that line is, is very, very clear in Dumplin'. I love it so much. And now kind of unrelated to Dumplin', but very related to Till We Have Faces. Oh yeah. Another sad Irish skeptic, Hosier. Mm. <laughs> mm. I realized after we picked it that we did Hosier for Screwtape Letters. Uh-huh. We did the first album, and uh-huh. now we're doing the EP for Till We well, Have Faces. It, just, it feels so right. It's sad Irishman. It's so right. It's all right, but it, it's all wrong, but it's all right. No, it's just all right and all right. 
yeah, it feels, I mean, Hosier feels very um, connected to, to C.S. Lewis, in part because they're both so connected with, like, the ancient pagan myths. Yeah. Because C.S. Lewis really dug paganism. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, He's really in that. And just all of the, the poetry of his lines it, on specifically, uh, shoot, I need to find the, the name of the EP. Oh, Nina Cried Power EP. Mm-hmm. That, which is the one we're talking about. We're not going to talk about Wasteland Baby yet. No. We've already talked about the self-titled. Yes. I'd like to read you some lyrics from Shrike. Driving alone, following your form, hung like the pearl of some prey you had worn. Remember me, love, when everyone is the Shrike to your sharp and glorious thorn. Hmm. Also some lyrics to Here Comes the Swearing, Nothing Fucks With My Baby. <laughs> yep. Gonna Gonna find some of those because those are so good. I'm looking up the lyrics like I don't have them memorized. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you know what? I want to make sure I'm getting right. Give your heart and soul to charity because the rest of you, the best of you, honey, belongs to me. Ugh. If I was born as a blackthorn tree, I'd want to be felled by you and held by you. Fuel the pyre of your enemies. Fuel so, the pyre of your enemies. That's so Orwell. Uh. <laughs> okay. This This song was the one that I'm like, this is just Orwell and everyone. Yeah. <laughs> like, Orwell at Bardia. Ain't it a gentle sound, the rolling in the graves? Yep. Ain't you my baby? No. He's no. married. Married. Ain't it the life you, you're lighting of the blaze? Nope. Nope. Uh. Can't handle. Also the like the power struggle with mm-hmm. Nina cried power. I'm just like Orwell sitting frickin' like, I'm gonna accuse the gods. Nina cried power, <laughs> Lenin cried power, Orwell cried, cried power. power. And I'm just like, okay, okay, kiddo. Okay, calm down. Sit down. Have a Snickers. <laughs> Orwell, have a Snickers. <laughs> yeah. Plus I think I think the thing that makes me think Hosier and C. S. Lewis together so much is like what Lewis talked about is atmosphere mm-hmm. where Hamlet would not be the same if it didn't open at night with fog and guards seeing yeah. a ghost. Like there's something undefinable. Yeah. It's like in the word choice and stuff like that. And Hosier's music just has the atmosphere of like, this is playing as Orwell's climbing up the mountain. Yeah. He just has, it's just Orwell's, it's just Orwell. Yeah, completely. Um, and and you know that I I did make a playlist based on Till We Have Faces, which a version of that will be on Spotify mm-hmm. by the time this episode goes up. It, I might have to tweak it a little because right. some of it might not be on Spotify, right. but it will it will be there and it's Till We Have Faces playlist. It's easy to find. Anyway, Ooh, it's so good. It's a very good playlist. It has some Hosier on there. Uh, yes. And the scene where the priest talks to the dad, the king, about how he's going to have to sacrifice Psyche. Uh-huh. Every time I read it, all I hear is take me to church in my head. Yeah. Like, that is take me to church. I'll worship like a dog at the shrine of your <laughs> lies. I'll tell you my sins so you can sharpen my life. Offer me that deathless death. Yeah. Good God, let me give you my life. And then Psyche's like, yeah, I don't mind this happening to me. And she's just like, good God, let me give you my, my life. life. Lord in heaven. Yeah. I can't. I can't with this person. Psyche, what are you doing? Yeah, Hosier's peak till we have faces. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a sad Irish skeptic. 
Exactly. <laughs> I love it so much. I can't I can't with this man. If you have not listened to Hosier beyond what plays in the supermarket, that's your homework. Yeah. Because he it. he is highly rated. Like he's on the radio. He's um so good. but his music is is truly good. Yeah. He's a blues musician and a jazz musician and very thoughtful as a poet. Yeah. And also like puts in little jokes that are just also Gems. good. <laughs> Gems. Mm-hmm. What a shock when Adam first came. Yeah. Like, like somebody ugh. tweeted him like, what does that line mean? And he's like, I just figured that lad was in for a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> I love him so much. Sad or skeptic. <laughs> yeah. And uh, all of his music is the soundtrack to Till We Have Faces. Yes. It's um, just, just keep it playing. Yeah. We already talked about his self-titled, but you know what? I'm going to toss that back in there too when you get to the scene where the priest is like we didn't meet to hear what you had to say we met to find out what we were going to say to you Mm -hmm. just play take me to church on repeat just Just don't turn it it off keep going just keep hit that repeat button Mm -hmm. three times you know when it again again three Mm -hmm. yep Mm -hmm. there you go just Mm -hmm. keep doing it Mm -hmm. make a playlist of only that for like eight songs yeah when she's about to talk to bardia's wife just work song yep just some of that good, good work song, Angel of Death and the Codeine Sea. Oh, yep. Someone new. Yeah. When, uh, when Trunia shows up, mm-hmm. just fall in love a little, a little bit every day with someone new. Mm-hmm. Like, you really can't go wrong. Ugh. It's also good. And there's so much variety to the album. Like, you feel like it's a complete mm-hmm. story. Yeah. And, and it does, it swings between atmospherically being very heavy and lyrically being somewhat light yeah and being atmospherically very light and lyrically very like yeah oh i've been impaled oh look my organs Mm -hmm. i yeah i can't speak highly enough about about how well the two of them do atmosphere Mm -hmm. um and in in its own way like a very different way dumplin Mm -hmm. also like yeah is imbued with atmosphere like i don't care what temperature it is when you watch that movie it is summer in texas yeah like and atmosphere is so important and it's so hard to teach. It it feels a lot like Lady Bird in that yep. type of mm-hmm. atmosphere. Like it feels like the same world. Yeah. Till We Have Faces feels like a st- and and Hosier. Mm-hmm. They both feel like stories from the deep past that are being told to you in the moment. Yeah. And Dumplin and Lady Bird both feel like stories that are being told to you about someone's recent past. Yeah. Like, this is my past. Yeah, like, and let me tell you what happened this summer. <laughs> yeah, and Orwell's like, let me tell you what happened last, last week. week. But she's writing from, like, the year, you know, 500 BC. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, yeah. hot damn. Oh, dang. I love it so much. Ugh. Yeah, no, all three of these things mm-hmm. are just peak up there. Yeah, and, and it is okay to engage with things, and we've been talking about this from the beginning of the podcast, and we're not going to stop until the end. No. <laughs> it's okay to like things on both the petty and the deep mythological level. Yeah. Arguably, if you look for the myth, you won't find it. Yeah. But if you look for the 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 reality of it, like just the petty grittiness of it, e- you will find the forest much more easily if you take time to interact with every tree. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't believe in this can't see the forest for the trees crap. <laughs> like, you know why you can't see the forest? Because you're sitting there trying to figure out how big a grove needs to be before it's a forest instead of interacting with every tree and then being like, you know what? This is clearly a forest. This is big. It forest. 
Yeah, no. Mm, big forest energy. <laughs> big forest energy. Mm. C.S. Lewis also is a bog man. <laughs> a little bit. I mean, he 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 and Neville Coghill were both like, we were born in the wrong time. And Lewis, uh. Neville's one of his, another inkling and one of his good friends. He's friggin' like, he's the only man I could see fighting a duel. <laughs> I love it. It's so good. Rory, uh. do you have a recommendation this week? Yes, I do. Ooh, what is it? Hades Town. Another musical? I like it, but I think <laughs> I mean I'm just like, wow, three in a row. I like it. Yes, Hades Town is excellent. Uh, Chol, Yeti, mm-hmm. Chloe. She appeared on the podcast too. Yeah, yeah. We'll be so excited that it was wrecked, but it's it's excellent. It's got uh, it's so good. All of the music is so good. It's a very it's a very heavy show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just all the music, all the harmonies, just the violin. <laughs> anytime, <laughs> any place, it's just excellent. Yeah. It, oh. So, what is exactly Hades Town for those who might not know? It is a new musical. Mm-hmm. It is like the. Um, cast recorded album just came out like oh this i love week. a good brand new album <laughs> yeah or last week yeah last week and um it's about hold on i have to remember the names it's about the love story between uh orf orpheus no wait okay I have to remember the exact names. I am paying attention. I'm just also doing something uh, real quick. Yes, you're good. Okay. It is about the, um, yeah, the story between Eurydice and Orpheus. I was right. Orpheus and Eurydice. I had it in my head, but I didn't want to say the wrong name and be that one. Oh, it's rough. Yeah, and like Persephone and Hades, and like it's just it's so good. Yeah, very good. It's it's dark. It's very um, it's very bluesy. Ooh, Mm -hmm. okay. I dig. Yeah, it's very bluesy. It's got great dancing too. Mm -hmm. Like it's got some real good dance numbers, like contemporary type. Nice. It's just it's so good. Um. All the lyrics are excellent. There's some like really funny ones, but then there's like a lot of really deep ones, and yeah. So it's kind of like Till We Have Faces, in which it is a myth retold about Eurydice and Orpheus. I love retelling a myth. Yeah. Sometimes Ovid gets it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Every time. Well, I mean, I think it was Ovid Kidding. who didn't, who like didn't really believe in it. Mm-hmm. Like. And you can kind of tell, mm-hmm. or at least that's the theory I've heard, is that, like, Ovid didn't buy right. it. <laughs> and right. that other people might have. Okay. I have a rec, and it's an old, it's an old, mm-hmm. but it's a good. It's the Oh Hello's self-titled album. Mm. Or, mm-hmm. sorry, not the self-titled, the From the Deep and Dark and Lonesome Valley. Yeah. Because the Oh Hello's is the other C.S. Lewis band. Yeah. What I was doing was making a playlist that's just Hosier and the Oh Hello's, and it's called The Lewis List. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. That's um, all you need. Yeah. So... They have done, like, 
songs about C.S. Lewis's work. I know. I'm like, okay. But also, like, they were heavily influenced because, like, there's literally a full album about the screw tape letters. Yeah, there is the full album about the screw tape letters that I think is secretly also about Narnia. Yeah. And the end of the world and all kinds of other stuff. And then there's the lament of Eustace Scrub. I mean, there's. Yeah. Yes, I understand the Oh Hellos were heavily influenced by C.S. Lewis. Incredibly. However, they go together so well. Because one yeah. is like Lewis fan band and the yeah. other is sad Irish skeptic. Excellent. <laughs> so good. Just put them all together in a nice stew. Yeah, so from the Deep Dark Valley, I think is what yeah. it's called. And if you get the wrong album, great. They're all good. Yeah. Love the Oh Hellos here. All of them. Yep. I stand a Celtic American. I stand a, I stand a sad Irish skeptic. Skeptic. Oh my god, I can't speak with words today. Mm. Okay. Words, that words, being going said, out to battle more words. That being said, roll credits. Our theme song is Downtown Love by Reese from his EP, It's Okay to Be Sad. This podcast is produced and edited by Heidi. Both Heidi and I do pre production by reading and watching and listening to all of the things. If you're enjoying if you're enjoying the show, leave us a review on iTunes and slash or become a Supporter on Patreon, follow along on Instagram and Twitter. Our handle is at spoilers underscore ahead underscore. And we'd love to hear from you. How will the gods speak to us face to face until we have faces? Okay, thanks. Bye. Bye.